Jesus, I will declare to the nations the only name that can save us. You are worthy, God. There's only one God who reigns. There's only one God who loves us. Only one worthy of praise. Jesus. Do you know that to be true? There's only one name that saves. There's only one name that frees us. Only one name with all power. Jesus. Hallelujah. All of my heart, all my devotion is yours. Let your matchless name be exalted in all of the earth. I will lift up the name of the one who is worthy of praise. I adore you. You are worthy, God. Jesus, I will declare to the nations the only name that can save us. You are worthy, God. Only one God, only one name, Jesus. Sing it with me. Only one God, only one name, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Only one God. Only one name, Jesus. Aren't you glad you know that name? Only one God, only one name, Jesus. One God, one faith, one baptism in the name, Jesus. One God, one faith, one baptism in the name,
is worthy of praise. I adore you. You are worthy, God. Jesus, I will declare to the nations the only name that can save us. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, shout hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Amen. If you will stand with me to your feet. At this time, we're going to bring our speaker to the podium this morning, Pastor Darrell Weber. He started the Pentecostal of La- the Pentecostals of Lafayette Church in Lafayette, Louisiana. This August will be 21 years. He started it in his living room, and today the Pentecostals of Lafayette in Lafayette, Louisiana is running well over 600 people. He has sent out and started what we call daughter churches that other men are pastoring that came from his church. He's continuing to do that. He's training ministers. His church is a powerhouse down in Lafayette. It's impacting the community in a great way for Jesus Christ. And he's doing a wonderful work for the kingdom. He is what we call in our organization the North American Missions Director for the Louisiana District. There are 52 districts, I believe, or 50, whatever it is. And the Louisiana District is the number one district throughout the entire United Pentecostal Church International, throughout the North America Division. Their district is the most successful district, and to me, the most efficiently operated district. And he is the head of the North American Missions Division in Louisiana. We thank God for what he's doing. I thank God for bringing me into his life. Amen. Here I say that. Bringing me into his life. Amen. Allowing me the privilege to know him. Amen. As I said, I didn't grow up in Pentecost. I didn't know all about all this stuff that we know today. But men like Brother Weber and so many other great men of God that have blazed the trail and have allowed us to know this one true and living God and this doctrine that saves. And I thank God for them and what they're doing. And so I want you to welcome Pastor Darrell Weber to this platform this morning. Welcome him with a hand clap of praise and let him just preach to you. Open your heart this morning. God is going to bless you in a special way. If you would just open your heart, let him bless you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord for just a moment. I want to uh, say that you better get you a church house real quick. And uh, it's good not to have air. I feel like I'm Louisiana. Amen. You folks got it easy up here in this cool weather. Summers of 71 degrees. My goodness, you walk, the bottom of your shoes melt when you walk down the street in Louisiana during the summer. 
So uh, you, this ought to be nothing for you. This ought to, yeah, like this is probably stifling for you, but to me, this is like a cool day in the shade, amen, in the beautiful Bayou State. Uh, and I can't wait to see your next building. It's going to be quite something. It's going to be quite something. Your church, the place that uh, God's going to provide for you. And uh, I, I just want to see those things in the Holy Ghost. Uh, I greet the beautiful people, men, women, and children, young people of this local assembly. And uh, to those who sing and preach and play and uh, put things on the computer, on the screens, and uh, operate all the heavy equipment, open the doors, put out signs, direct traffic, uh, Make announcements. All of you are part of the kingdom. And you're just as important as the person that ends up standing behind this podium. Oh, yes, you are. You don't do your part, and this part's not going to mean a whole lot. If, she, if he cuts my mic off or doesn't put my scriptures up, or if you don't show up, this doesn't work. So uh, you're a team, and you're going to accomplish great things for God in this wonderful city. I just can't wait. I'm going to have to come back. I'm going to invite myself back. I don't always do that. I won't put a date on the calendar, but I'm just going to invite myself back. Because I can't wait to see. Uh, I feel it in here. Amen. Amen. Brother McFarlane, what an excellent spirit I feel when I'm around you. Um you know, there are people that have good personalities, but if they don't have the Holy Ghost, you still don't feel that excellent spirit. But I'm so thankful for this wonderful pastor. And to have his family here, I'm assuming this is your girlfriend on the end down here. And your beautiful children. Uh, it's great to see you folks. Can't wait to be in your uh, territory tonight. It's going to be wonderful. Business. I like that rule. And... uh uh, I've always asked myself, what are these for anyway? But uh, I do it because I want to fit in and don't want to offend anybody when I'm with the Romans or the Hamiltons. Uh, you know, got to do what you got to do. And then you're a wonderful pastor, first lady. My, my. You can't fail. I mean, you guys have leadership. This, this ought to show you how much God loves you. He, he could have given you a scoundrel. I mean, he could have led you right, because he, but he loves you. Amen. That's why he gave you this wonderful family. Amen. Okay, you ready to go? We're going on a ride in the Holy Ghost. I feel faith in this house. I'm telling you, there are going to be healings take place this morning. There are going to be people filled with the Holy Ghost. I believe the Spirit of God that is was here before we arrived. It might be a firehouse, but let me tell you, it's also a house of fire. And there's some things about to happen here, not because Daryl Weber's here. I, I am nothing. He's everything. But his word is powerful. And so let me proclaim that word. If you have the ability to stand with me in honor of that word, we reverence the word of God. Because you can't separate the word from the God. In the beginning was the and the Word was. And the Word was. <laughs> Acts 1 is where we're looking. 
I can't think of a better place to go on a Sunday morning than the book of Acts. Praise God. Now, I get a little excited when I talk about the Word, so don't let me scare you. Amen. I can't help it. This thing has changed my life. This thing is changing my changed my family in the direction of my home. I it's gonna it just blows my mind what the word can accomplish. And if you let it sink into your spirit today, I'm telling you, there's no telling what the word will do for you. Acts one. The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus. Now there's in the case you're pregnant, and you're looking for a name for your child. Theophilus is a great name. It's a Bible name. There you go. Of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion, by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And then the Bible says, When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, The Lord, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria unto the uttermost part of the earth. Very simple title today, but not a simple power. Holy Ghost power is what I want to preach about this morning. Holy Ghost power. Lord, once again, we ask you to... Help us to focus and not be distracted, thinking about tomorrow or the next day or even yesterday. But Lord, help us to open our hearts and minds to what you are speaking to us. And as your word goes forth, we're going to feel something begin to generate in our spirit. Help us, Lord, to amen the preacher if we agree with what he says. And help us to respond, Lord, at that time comes when your word concludes. And we need to know, Lord, that you will do what you said you will do. When we hear your word, we know it will happen. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated if you're going to preach with me this morning. It's a unanimous decision, except for your pastor. There was a time when God committed himself to human form in the person of Christ Jesus. That's what the Apostle John is telling us when he says in the Gospel of John chapter 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was made, everybody say, flesh. Before the Word became flesh, God's fullness had no boundaries. But once he robed himself in flesh and blood and muscle, he began to experience the limitations of flesh. For the first time, God knew what it was like to be thirsty. 
For the first time, God experienced firsthand what it felt like to be tired. What it felt like to need sleep. Don't get me wrong, he was not limited, amen, by putting on flesh. But he was manifesting his fullness. Everything God was, Jesus became. And even in limited flesh, God's glory and power prevailed over the greatest of adversities and made a way for every sinner to come into His presence and find forgiveness and hope. God committed Himself to weak, tired, emotional, and unpredictable flesh. I believe God had a twofold reason for coming to this earth. First, I believe that His purpose was to save lost humanity. And that has been and will always be the first and priority and the first purpose of God. He is, everybody say, a Savior. And we ought to have that same Spirit flowing in our hearts and through our church. Amen. We ought to be lovers of people, pulling them out of the pit and pointing them toward Jesus Christ. But the second reason why God came to this earth, I personally believe, was to show His church how confident He is in flesh. The very thing that His his people could not overcome at times. The very thing that caused them to fail and lose out with Him, their flesh. He came to this earth and showed us how powerful an anointed one could become when they were submissive to the plan of God. He He came to show us that in our flesh we could have the same power That God manifested in Jesus Christ. Somebody just shout Amen. He has always desired to empower people. When the Spirit of the Lord moved on Balaam, he saw a vision. When the Spirit of God moved on Saul, he prophesied. When the Spirit of the Lord moved on Azariah, he had a word from God for Judah and Benjamin. When the Spirit of the Lord came upon Zechariah, he was moved to preach a message that began, Thus saith God. And when Jesus came out of the wilderness and being tempted, Amen, He said in Luke 4, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance, amen, to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. God's message is that He desires to unveil power through people. Amen. And when you receive the Holy Ghost, You didn't just become a part of some earthly church. Amen. You were baptized with power from another world. Amen. Listen to the promise from Jesus. But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. I'm preaching that God has committed His power to every person who has been filled with His Spirit baptized in His name and operating by faith living for Him in their daily life. God desires to work through flesh. 
Oh, yes, He does. He desires to work through the very thing that can cause you to be lost. Amen. Your flesh. And that's how God gets so much glory. Every time this old flesh praises God on a Sunday morning, praise God, the devil shakes in fear because the very thing that could cause you to be lost, instead, it's praising God on a Sunday morning. The very thing that could cause you to be lost is the very thing that on a Sunday morning is clapping and singing and leaping and running and dancing and praising and worshiping. When this flesh does the will of God, God's power begins to manifest itself in the life of that person. His power is at work in this church. Amen. Just as Jesus received all that God was, and all God's power resided in the man, the fleshly man, Jesus Christ, God totally committed to His church and to His people that same power. I want that to sink in. I don't want it to just be words floating around somewhere in, in Neverland. I want somebody to grab a hold of it and believe that from the day of Pentecost to right now, God's work has been carried out through the church. If power prevailed, it was because of the church. His power is now in the hands of the people Called by His name. Amen, somebody. So when I came to this house, it didn't matter what the building looked like. It didn't matter what the parking lot, what size it was, or whose cars were there. It didn't matter what kind of chairs we had, what carpet we're walking on, whether the restrooms are in the sanctuary or some massive foyer outside. It doesn't matter. Because that's not what God invests power in. God invests power in humanity, in flesh, in people that will submit to His will, that will be full of His Spirit. God has committed His power to His church. That's why we need an expectation this morning. Everything that God is, all of God's power, All of His might is available to us in this room right now. Must I say that again? Everything He is, all of God's power is available to us in this room right now. I know you're waiting for a punchline. I know you're waiting for a joke. But brothers and sisters, I can't say anything more powerful than what I just said. Amen. And I'm not looking for a response. I'm looking for expectation. I'm looking for somebody who brought real needs into this house today. And your flesh has not been able to handle it. 
and men and things and stuff and ways and programs has not been able to take care of it. But I tell you, when you walked into this room, there is a presence in this house right now that there is no problem, there is no difficulty, there is no issue in life that the power of the Holy Ghost cannot take care of in this house. When God says you have power, I don't care if you feel it. I don't care, amen, if you look like it. I think that's one of the things that caused Samson to be so mysterious. We all talk about Samson. We think Samson looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Here comes Samson. Pick up a tree. Throw it aside because it was in his way. He's not going to go around a tree. Samson. But you know what? I don't believe he would look like Arnold Schwarzenegger at all. In fact, I've got Bible to prove he didn't. Because they kept asking him, Where does your strength come from? You don't look like you should be able to do what you're doing. And I've got to say something about some of you apostolics here this morning. How are you doing some of the things you are doing? You don't look like you should be able to get through some of the stuff and overcome some of the trials and get through some of the difficulties and accomplish some of the things that you're doing. I tell you how it's happening. The Holy Ghost has made a way because the Bible says Jesus told us you shall be endued with power. Brothers and sisters, you've got something in you that can accomplish anything in this house right now. When God says you have power, Believe Him. My, my, my. When I was an assistant pastor in San Antonio before we started the church in Lafayette, there was a young lady who came to our church. She was a rough girl. I use the word lady loosely. She was a rough woman. She was a big girl. Nearly as tall as me big girl. You just remove her face and she could be a, a weightlifter. Uh, a, a look like a, a, the body of a man. Mean girl. In fact, she's coming out of the gangs to come visit our church. Somebody had invited her. She was a mean person, a gangbanger. She was also a black belt in karate. And so uh, I wasn't very excited to go pray for her. You don't know sometimes what you can expect by somebody who's not used to an apostolic church. Amen. They might think when you, you know, in the world, when somebody puts their hand on you, you retaliate. So we explain to you, if somebody places their hand on your shoulder or your forehead, don't retaliate this morning. We're not going to hurt you. 
What we're doing is we're obeying what the Word says when it says that the Bible talks about the laying on of hands. We place our hand to pray with you and join in you with your faith for things to happen. So the preached Word went forth and uh, it hit her heart. And that old hard, mean heart started softening. You could see it. She came in with a grimace. And she was skeptical about everything. First of all, wondering, what am I doing in a church? And she sat there and looked the whole service. But you could see her look was changing as the preaching went forth. A power flowed through that room. Uh, Amen. And it began to soften that old hard heart. And before she knew it, she was standing in the altar with her hands raised. And that old mean girl, that gangbanger, amen, that black belt in karate person, she was hands lifted and tears flowing. She began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance and God filled her that morning with the Holy Ghost. And when I say God turned that girl around, oh my goodness, that is an understatement. She became a worshiper. Amen. She, she ran the aisles and she danced before the Lord and she got a passion for the gangs and the children in the ghettos and the bad neighborhoods that she was a part of. And so she started a bus ministry. She says, I want to start a bus ministry. We're not going to say no to her. What do you need? I need a bus. Okay, we'll go buy a bus. We went and got her a bus. And uh, she put together a team. And we said, go get them. And so she would go into the worst neighborhood in San Antonio. And she would tell us the gangs control all the neighborhoods. They will not let churches come into these neighborhoods. Because these churches convert their children. The same ones they're trying to recruit. Can I get a witness, somebody? Hey man, you're not, you're not exempt from what I'm talking about. You probably know more about it than I do. And she says that they don't let churches come in there and pick up anybody. But she said when I drove, and she was the driver of the bus. And she drove that bus into those bad neighborhoods. She said when I drove the bus into the bad neighborhoods, she says we are now the only church bus that's able to come into these neighborhoods and pick up children. One day she got pulled over just for a minor traffic violation after she had started attending our church and she got full of the Holy Ghost. And he asked to see her license. And she politely gave her license to the policeman. And he walked back to his car and sat down in his car and he typed in on his little computer the name, and when uh, he got to that car, his eyes looked at the screen because there was a rap sheet. And he nervously got out of that car and approached her car and says, I need you to get out of your car, ma'am, with your hands up. Do not disobey what I'm telling you. Get out of that car right now. And she's wondering, what is going on? And so she gets out of the car and he says, I need you to turn around and put your hands on your vehicle. 
He, she turned around and put her hands on the vehicle. He grabs her arm, puts it behind her, grabs the other one, handcuffs her, and starts taking her back to his vehicle. And she says, well, what, what's, what's this about? What are you doing? And he says, there are many warrants out for your arrest, Adriana. And he cuffed her, took her back in the car, and was heading to the police station. And she began to cry in the back seat. And she began to tell him, Officer, I'm not that person anymore. Officer, I'm... Now, only a Holy Ghost person understands what I'm about to say. Officer, I'm not that person. Officer, I've got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Officer, you got to believe me. There has been a change in my life. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost moved into that patrol car. As he's driving to the police station, the Holy Ghost prompts this young lady to say something. And so she utters it out. Officer, you need to check your computer again. And she's crying. And she's begging him, please, every block, please, check your computer again. Something tells me to check your computer again. And so finally he says, okay, to shut you up, I'm going to pull over. Now just be quiet. He types her name back in again. And he says, hmm. He types it in again. Amen. He said, that's funny. I don't understand it. There's nothing on your record. Praise God. He had to take her back to her car. Uncuff her. Let her out. And then he went to apologize. And ma'am, I'm so sorry. <laughs> To have ever bothered you, I hope you will not take this personally. I made a big mistake, but I'm sure what I saw on that computer. And she said, that's okay. Amen. It was on there. But the power of the blood and the power of the Holy Ghost is so powerful. It can wipe my record clean if that's what God wants to do. I wish somebody clap their hands. That's the power that's in this place right now. That's the power that's in the Holy Ghost right now. The Holy Ghost will change your life. The blood of Jesus Christ will give you power over every adversary. Oh yes. There's a power in this place. I was raised in a home that I wouldn't wish that on anybody uh, with an alcoholic father. If you think I messed up now, <laughs> you should have seen me as a child. I saw things a child should never have to see. I witnessed things and went through things a child should not have to go through. It was a common week for the police to be at my house. It was common to have our furniture end up about every other night out in the yard. It was common to see all of our neighbors standing on their front porches watching us. Watching the show as my drunk father chased us around. 
screaming uh, all the filth and the vileness. And in my home was cursing and violence and lewdness and turmoil. But my mother would dress us kids and put us in that old Chevy Impala and take me and take us to the greater First Pentecostal Church of Alexandria. And I don't know what church was to other people, but to me and my mother, it was a sanctuary. It was a refuge. Coming out of turbulent emotion, chaos, fighting, confusion, all of the filth and the junk. There are many nights I did not go to sleep. I was always afraid my mother would get killed. And I sat in my bed with my back. My bed was against the wall of the living room. And I sat in my bed with my back against the living room. Say, God, don't let him kill her. God, little boy, you talk about learning to pray. That's not how you should have a child learn to pray. God, don't let him kill my mama. Don't let him kill my mama. I'm telling you, I learned to use butcher knives and hide knives and and all types of weapons because if I ever had to use it, I, I loved my daddy, but when he was drunk, he was like the devil. And I, 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 we, we went to church. There was nothing like the peace that we felt when we entered those doors. There was something. It was like a, a soothing balm of Gilead that they would start to rub on our soul. Amen. We didn't go to church because we wanted to. Amen. We went to church because we needed to. And Bishop G.A. Mangan would preach and the Word would wash our minds for just a few hours on Sunday. Our minds would be off of the stuff and the junk and we would feel love and we'd feel peace and, and we would feel renewed every week a fresh hope. Amen. I cannot express to you what church has meant to me. So when somebody starts talking about the church, I take it personally. Because if it were not for the church and the power of the Holy Ghost, there would not be a conversation going on in this place with me today. I love the church. Yes, it's made up of imperfect people like you and me. But what makes the church so powerful? It's not us. It's the power of God that falls so beautifully in our lives and works out our situations and saves us from a damnable hell in eternity. I love church. You can't drag me out. You would have to tie me, bind me, and drag me out of the church. You can't offend me enough to leave the church. Say what you want. It doesn't matter. Make fun of me. Call me this, that, or the other. Amen. Say I'm a fake, a fraud. Talk about anything, but don't talk about the church. You're not going to get me to leave it. Amen. It's the most wonderful thing. And if you're not a member of a church full time, you're going to face some of the greatest struggles. You're not going to be able to get out of them. You're not going to get through them. That's why the insane asylums are full of people, amen, who didn't have God in their lives. And the hospitals are full of people because they are sick because of worry and stress. Oh, I love I love the church. Not too many years ago, my aunt, the last sibling 
from my father's family. In fact, all of his brothers and sisters now have passed. His parents have passed. Only got some very distant cousins out there who are Webbers. But when she passed away, I said, you know what? Let's go to her funeral in Texas City, Texas. And all I remember of my father's family is that every male member of the Webbers was an alcoholic. Every one of them. All my uncles were alcoholics. My father used to tell me his daddy was an alcoholic. He was an alcoholic. All of his brothers were alcoholics. And at the graveside of the last sibling, maybe 50 or 75 people there, I was meeting Webbers I'd never met. And I walked up and introduced myself to one of my uncle's sons. And he asked me, he says, uh, who do you belong to? I said, I'm Jack's son. And he looks at me and he says, well, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a minister. And he looks. And his eyes get big. And his jaw drops. And for a moment, he can't say anything. And then, in shock, he screams out, Hey, everybody! A Weber made it! And I thought about that. I should have already been through multiple marriages like all of my uncles and my father. I should have already been through clinic after clinic after clinic. I can't tell you how many times I visited my father in the alcoholic ward at the clinic. And just on the other side of the wall is the psych ward. If you didn't get out of here, you went in there. I can't tell you how many times I would go visit him once a week usually Sunday afternoon, and they were just sitting out there so pitiful. I should have already been through the clinics. I should have already been treated for depression and addiction. But when I was 10 years old, I was feeling what you're feeling in this place today. And when the preacher gave the altar call, I went down to the front of that church And something happened to me that day that changed my life forever. God filled me with His Spirit. And I began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. And the generational curse that had been passed down to everyone above me was broken when it hit me because of the power of the Holy Ghost. I've never been drunk. I've never smoked. Amen. I've been happily married for 33 years to the same lady. I have two boys. They have the Holy Ghost. I have grandchildren. All of my family beneath me is in the church of the living God. You talk about a generational curse being broken by the power of the Holy Ghost. It will change your entire future. I'm talking about the power of the Holy Ghost. You have a power available to you in this place right now. There are no boundaries for His power. You have the Holy Ghost power of God available to you in this room right now. 
you have enough power available to you to heal your body, to deliver you from any addiction, to take you through any situation, to fill you with the Spirit of the universal God. The power of the Spirit can reside in your life today. Oh, hallelujah. Would you stand with me? Oh, Jesus. Oh, oh Pastor Weber. How, how does this thing start? It starts when I humbled myself. It starts when I get honest with God and get rid of my macho spirit. And I say, God, I'm not really all that I think I am. One little attack on one little cell in my body can put me flat on my back. I'm not all that strong. I'm not everything that I think I am. But oh, when the Holy Ghost came into my life, I walk in places that average, normal, everyday people in the world cannot understand. has nothing to do with me. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. There are some in this room you haven't spoken in tongues for a long time. It's been too long. They asked Dwight Moody, why do you keep preaching on the Holy Ghost? Didn't we receive that message enough years ago? He said, I keep preaching on the Holy Ghost because I link. He said, the day that I'm in, when I go to work, I'm around people that are cursing. I'm driving down the highway. There are people that are rude and mean and dirty. I walk down the mall. There are people that are mean and rude. And There's an adversary that's constantly attacking me. And by the time I get back to church, I need a refilling of the Spirit of God. I've had to deal with carnality and flesh all week long. And so Moody says, I leak. That's why I keep coming back to the source. To get the flow again. There might be somebody here, you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost. You think this speaking in tongues is weird and strange. Let me tell you, I would stand where you stand today. If I had not already received it, I'd be the greatest skeptic. But because I have experienced this over and over and over again, I am a believer. And anyway, why would you believe anybody who had not received the Holy Ghost when they start talking to you about the Holy Ghost? Ask somebody that has it. I've never seen anybody with the Holy Ghost that's regretting that they ever received it. Not one person. In fact... You find them like me, coming out of places they should not have made it out of. That when the Holy Ghost filled their life, it changed their entire future. It changed the future of their marriage. It changed the future of their family. It changed the future of their, their children's children. Oh, there's a power in the Holy Ghost. He wants to touch your life today, but not just on the outside. 
He wants to touch your life as deep as life can get. Way down in your soul. He wants to fill you with His Spirit. He wants to renew you, replenish you, revive you. He wants to forgive you. He wants to wipe away your sins. He wants to minister to you. Why should you have to continue on facing what you're facing when the Holy Ghost can take care of it this morning? Oh, precious Father, we love you. Where would I be? Where would I be? Where would I be without the Lord? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Is there somebody? I I know we don't have a lot of room up here. But you know what? This whole room can be an altar right now. But is there somebody who really needs a touch of the Holy Ghost right now? You really need a touch of the Holy Ghost in your life. It doesn't matter if you're a guest, a member, it matters not. To God, there is no Presbyterian, Methodist, Episcopalian, Catholic, Baptist, Pentecostal. He's just God. And in this place, we come on on common, even ground. And that's humanity. We all are facing life. And we all have our issues and the challenges. But one thing we can all have in this place is the power of the Holy Ghost working in us. Is there somebody that would like to step down? You'd like to follow these that have come? And just talk to the Lord. I'm inviting you right now. I'm opening the front of this room. Let's create a place right now where we just bring our lives to God. And we say, Lord, I'm so thankful I'm here today. I could be anywhere, but for some reason you've kept me alive. For some reason I've made it through. I've I've escaped death so many times. I should be locked up. I should be in a hospital. I should be in a grave. But God, for some reason, you have a purpose for me. You have a purpose for me. Oh, God. Is there somebody who wants to come find purpose? Come on, your life is going somewhere and you're not even sure if you're, you're heading in the direction that pleases you. It's not producing. The Holy Ghost can change everything. Jesus' name. Now, can we all gather to the front? Get as close as you can in the aisles in the front. And let's talk to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lamb of God. Maybe you want to bring your family. Maybe you want to come with your family. Maybe you want to pray the prayer of faith and ask God, God, do something. Do something in my life. I need a healing. I need a miracle. I need a miracle in my life. I need you, Jesus. Others cannot help me. I've tried some things and stuff and programs. But God, if you're that powerful... I put my faith in you right now because I need a miracle. I need a miracle right now. I need a miracle in my life, God. Forgive me for anything that I've done against you. Forgive me for anything, God, that doesn't please you that I've been a part of. Cleanse my heart. Cleanse my mind. Cleanse my soul. Everything oh, I give to you with 
holding nothing. I'm going to give you some instruction here. This is what we're going to do. Right now, we're all in this room going to repent, every one of us, together. Doesn't matter who we are. Doesn't matter who we are. Let's all repent together. That, that's, tell, that's saying, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I honestly tell you, God, I, I don't want to do things that displease you. I don't want to be doing things against your word. And if I've done anything, forgive me. Let's, let's start right there because God is about to pour His Spirit out in here. People are about to receive the Holy Ghost. People are about to be replenished. But we need to start right here. Let's, let's pray together. Lord, I pray that you would he- right now forgive me of all my sins. Forgive me, Lord, of all the things I've done that I know about. God, and I'm sure of some things that were wrong. How I've treated people and what I've been a part of and things I've said, things I've done. Things I've... I've enjoined into and things that you have seen me act out that were displeasing to you. I pray, God, please forgive me in those things. And Lord, if there are things that I'm not sure of, things that I'm not aware of that I've done that displease you, please also make me aware of those things. But Lord, please forgive those things today as well. I ask you, Lord, right now to forgive every sin that I've committed that's outstanding in my life that has not been covered by your forgiving power. And I ask you this in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Amen. Now, you didn't have to feel anything. You didn't have to feel the ground shake or hear angels sing or hear thunder roar. Your faith right now just simply has to say, God, Your word said that when I ask forgiveness, you're just and faithful to forgive. So brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, if you honestly ask God just then, as we prayed, you're forgiven. That's not what I'm... I can't forgive you. Nobody in here can forgive you on that level. But God has forgiven you if you honestly said those things in your heart. It's done. Now. God's fixing to pour out His Spirit right now. Our ministers, our, our leaders are going to go through this room and begin to pray with you. We may just put our hand on your shoulder or your forehead. Don't be distracted by that. That means I'm just joining with you today to pray. And when our, the Bible says where two or three get together, when we're believing on anything, it's going to be established. So what I'm doing is I'm joining with you in prayer. And there is an impartation, a transfer, when we begin to pray together. When I put my hand on you, there's an impartation. My faith begins to work with your faith. And then the Holy Ghost falls in this place. So what we're going to do, they're going to start singing. And when we just start praying in a second, we're going to praise God. I just want you to thank Him for forgiving you. Lift your hands and begin to do that right now. Just start thanking Him. The Holy Ghost is going to fall in this place. You're going to feel like you want to speak a language you have never spoken before. you just got to let that out. Trust God by faith and let the Holy Ghost begin to flow. That's it in the name of Jesus. You've got to let your voice out. Just go ahead and let your voice out. It wouldn't hurt to lift your hand because that says, God, I surrender to you. I surrender to you.
Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. In the name of Jesus. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Oh, I worship you. I worship you. Have your way, mighty God. Have your way, mighty God. Yes, in the name of Jesus. I need you. Somebody.